Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 92 of Season 4 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal Meg Ryan rom-com, When Harry Met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is the Movies by Minute chronicler, Eric Nash. Welcome back to the show, Eric. Yeah, glad to be back. I'm, I'm glad that, that you were able to come back, even though even after we discovered what Lucky Mustard means yesterday. <laughs> So, Minute 92 begins with Harry continuing with his hypothesis and ends with Harry explaining about the sauce. So, yesterday we ended things with Harry and Sally finally uh, making up, I guess you can say. You know, Harry gives a convincing enough speech to Sally to explain to her that that she really should be uh, loving or hating him, depending on how you want to look at it. And, you know, after they finish their embrace and kiss, so they're listening to, to the music. You know, we, had, we talked yesterday about the old Lang Syne. And Harry then tries to figure out what is old Lang Syne? You know, like, what are you supposed to do with it? And he basically started by saying, should old acquaintances be forgotten? Does that mean we should forget old acquaintances? Or does it mean if we happen to forget them, we should remember them? And that's where yesterday's episode ended. And today we continue with his with his hypothesis where he says, which is not possible because we've already forgotten them. Well, maybe. And then Sally gives throws in her two bits and says, well, maybe it just means that we should remember that we forgot them or something. Anyway, it's about old friends. <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 I like the fact that they basically are pretty much ending the, the, the love story of this movie with this little bit between the two of them, you know, because it, it shows a lot about their compatibility, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that he's making this very, very strange query about a song that they're listening to. And for her to be able to respond as opposed to say, you're, just, you're an idiot, you know, that would have been, that would have shown something else, but she's, she's going with him. Yeah. You know, she, cause throughout the entire movie, or mo- many of the to- many times when they've had these type of conversations, they've they have di- they have differing opinions on them, which makes it more interesting to obviously listen to to hear both sides of the, of the story. You know, back we can all go all the way back to the beginning of the movie when they were talking about the fact that you know men and women can't be friends. You know that type of thing. So I I, I like the way that that basically this is the the bookend for. Uh, for I guess the action in the movie. I mean, we, in this later on in this minute, we'll get to to the the final scene of the movie. But at least here, it's it's just the last action scene, you know, where something is happening between the two of them to to rekindle their their relationship and stuff like that. Yeah, he 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 quite often throughout the movie comes up with these you know hypotheses or rules or observations on mostly you know essentially dating mainly right. it seems like or yeah, finding an apartment. And, yeah. Yeah, she she often yeah, right. and she often has 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 something decent to contribute, you know, some mm-hmm. some, some some additional uh, thing versus like what you're saying, you know, the 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 in the relationship if you just have one person that says these crazy things and and then the other one just you know virtually never you know just 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 disregards them and says oh you're being an idiot all the right. time that's that's not good. No, not at all. <laughs> I, I think then they would have to have had a, a sequel to this movie, you know, where, you know, when when Harry divorced Sally or when Sally divorced Harry mm, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you 
you know, so and, I, and that probably wouldn't be as upbeat as this one is. No, probably not. No, that would be my guess. I, I, I could be wrong, but uh, that's what I think. <laughs> and then we, we, we get a shot of Harry who's just smiling. I, and I think he's what's going through his mind is, you know, the same type of thing of what we're talking about. I actually have found someone, you know, on my level who I can, who I can, who I want to spend the rest of my life. You know, that type of thing. Because mm-hmm. it, it looks very nice the way that they do it. Um, and then the, the two of them end up uh, kissing again. And then we have a, the, the, the shot is really, really good. You know, the way that they do this. Mm-hmm. Because they, they pan out. And as they pan out, we see all the other people, you know, who have been celebrating New Year's. You know, some of them with champagne, some of them with uh, streamers, some of them with, uh, you know, blowing these, the, the, what are those things called? Those horns? Um, oh, yeah. Noisemaker. The, right. The par- party, what are they, they're called party something, uh, not party favors, party, uh, I don't remember what they're called. <laughs> party something. <laughs> party horns? I don't think so. That doesn't make sense, does it? No. Yeah, it makes sense. Party horns? Party. Actually, it is called a party horn. What do you know? There you go. Here, a party horn, also known as a party blower, a party pipe, a party elephant, a party blowout, a noisemaker, party whistle, party honker, a, a tadouda, a noise popper, a birthday kazoo, wizard, a blow tickler, a tongue kazoo, or a party snake. Ah, the snakes are the ones that, that, that like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, unwrap, unravel. Yeah, I guess you our, our, our dog hates those. <laughs> That's the one that she hates the most. Your your dog <laughs> uses party uh, horns? No, no, no. When, no. when we do okay. it. Ah, okay. Way. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant your your dog doesn't like, you know, when you give when you give the dog, yeah. you know, a... Uh... <laughs> we found out that out this past Year's Eve. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> oh, well. So you, you need to make a note for yourself. Next next New Year's Eve, yeah. no party blower in front of the dog. <laughs> Right. And I mean, we see all this confetti uh, falling all over the people, but, but I like the fact that, that, that it pans out and they're not alone here. You know, it shows that, that they are among, you know, this whole group of people. I mean, the conversation that, that we've listened to over the last few days, it, it seems as if they are uh, a little bit distant from everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't tell over the last, uh, I think two minutes that they really are surrounded by everyone else. We saw we saw her trying to leave. We saw him trying to show up, but you don't see any other people around them as uh, being as close. Yeah. As uh, I mean, obviously you can see people in the background and stuff like that. But it it once it pans out, then you can really tell that there are lots of people at this party, and they're you know Harry and Sally are this little speck in in this party of people who are in love on New Year's Eve, but everyone else doesn't know that they are actually two people who just figured out that they love each other <laughs> as opposed to, you know, going to the party, knowing that already or, or not, who knows, but they, they, they do it really well. The, the way that it pans out here, you know, it's a very nice shot. You see the balloons flowing around and then it, it sort of focuses a little bit on the, uh, you know, seventies disco, uh, a bowl on top, you know, which is, uh, you know, making it, it's uh, shining all around and stuff like that. 
And that's pretty much the end of the, the I guess you could say the real part of the movie. And now we the, they're trying to explain to us the, the whole point of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Which we'll we'll get into a second as to whether you know we we think that they really do or not because we we see then Harry and Sally uh, sitting on this couch like these other documentary couples yeah. that we've been watching too I think there were six or seven if I remember correctly uh, throughout the entire movie and now we see them now my biggest qu- well first of all the two of them look terrible here <laughs> you know, Sally her hair looks atrocious. And watching Harry, you know, in a sweater with a tie, uh, you know, wearing a button-down shirt with a tie and sweater, it, it just doesn't look it, – it, it doesn't look genuine to me, the way that you see them here. Yeah. You know, I, I, I it, it, after watching the two of them over the last, uh, you know, 90-plus minutes, I, I can't imagine either one of them, even after they're married, it doesn't matter how long after they're married, but that they would dress like this now, that they would act like this. You know, it seems it, it seems to sort of take us out of what we've learned about the two of them over the course of, of this entire movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Yeah, I, I, I'd be really curious as to whether or not, I mean, it almost seems like it's, it's, it's fairly disconnected from the rest a lot of the rest of the shooting of the movie. So, I mean, could, could it have been some months later or something really, or, or maybe even what this may, this could have maybe, maybe this is before they shot anything else. It could be, you know, it could be, I mean, on the commentary, they don't really discuss it, which I was a little disappointed that they would discuss, you know, like the reason, but basically what they said is, is the whole idea was to have them as one of these couples. But, but then when you try and compare them to all these couples, you know, they didn't give us any other young couples. All of the other couples were people that were married yeah. or that were, that were, you know, let's say 50 or even 60 plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here you have this, this young couple who are in their thirties, you know, where they're trying. So, so like for me, I, their story obviously fits in with all the other crazy stories that they're telling, but there's still, I still feel some sort of disconnect here because you would expect at least one of the couples, you know, telling their stories would have been closer in age to them or something like that. Because here it's, you know, up until now, the documentary feel of the whole thing is that, okay, let's talk to couples who have been together for X number of years and let's hear their story. The the crazy coincidences or the crazy aspects of them getting together, you know, and things like that, which unfortunately throughout the entire movie, I've only been able to find the truth about two of them, you know, that they're, they're apparently all of these stories, except for Harry and Sally's, are based on uh, real people and real people's uh, introductions. The first one was uh, Saul Horn and his wife, who's the father, who, who's basically the parents of one of the producers of the movie. And then th- that was the very first story that they told, you know, where uh, uh, the guy was said that he told his friend Arthur Kornblum. You know, that that's the girl I'm going to marry. Mm-hmm. And then the second story that we know is true is the, the or that we know that we know who is the person who it's based on is the one with the summer camp. That's apparently how uh, Nora Ephron's parents uh, met. 
Okay, but all the other ones, again, the four or five other ones that we that we see throughout the movie, I wasn't able to gather any information from anywhere uh, explaining whose stories those were. Because that, uh-huh. to me, that would have been really fascinating to know, okay, this is Rob Reiner's parents, and this one is Alan Horn's parents, and this is, you know, Nora Ephron's parents, and this is um, the cousin of someone, who knows? But they they unfortunately don't uh, don't don't let us in on on that information, so we'll we'll have to do with just knowing two of them, which which is more than I knew before I started this, uh, doing this movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, so sure. so you know I, it's not as if I haven't gained and all of you listening haven't gained the knowledge of that information. You know, I, I, the only other information that they really give out throughout the commentary is that in one of them, the the one with the the doctor and the nurse. Um, the actor who plays the doctor is, um, or was, Rob Reiner's father, uh, Carl Reiner's best friend, who was also his best man at his wedding. And they just decided to use him as the actor. You know, that, that's as close as you get to, to knowing what that real story was or anything like that. Yeah, I almost feel like, you know, knowing, you know, I think I think I probably kind of came across it sometime before you started the show, but um, definitely reminded of it in, in, in listening to the show so far um, is that, you know, with with these being actors, you know, the, right. previously and well, and this this too, you know, but um, I almost feel like it would have been interesting that if like maybe if they had had it would have been a little bit of a downer, though, I think, I guess, because they didn't really. Did did I forget if you said this? Did Rob Reiner and, and Nora Ephron did they actually did they actually date? Did, or, or or were they, they they were never married, right? No, not to each other. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, but you know, it would have been interesting. You know, you know, if, if instead of having actors on the screen and and discussing something that's fictional, you know, if if it could have been Rob and Nora sitting there and and explaining say hey i mean we we kind of essentially you know we we you know har- hardly any any fictional thing is actually truly totally fictional so there's always some some kind of truth that that any story is coming from and they could have explained that and said these 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 were things that you know we came up with that were from our our dating lives our our you know not 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 to say with each other but but with uh, all the various relationships that each of them had had Correct, which and, they did. Uh, I mean, that yeah. most of this yeah. movie is based on. I mean, if you yeah. if you if you listen to the commentary, so you hear that someone will say, "Oh, this is based on my story. This I did really did. This really happened to me." You know, things like that. Yeah. So we we know that the yeah. stories are coming from real people. Now, what with regard to the documentary couples, so as I said, all of the stories are real except for Harry and Sally, and they they actually tried at the beginning to have the real yeah. people tell the stories. And apparently it just was atrocious because they didn't have the, the right timing and things like that because they weren't mm-hmm. actors. So they decided at the end they'll take the real story and then just use it as, you know, uh, they'll just have actors play the real the real uh, people. So mm-hmm. what can you do? This is what we got. And uh, it works well, except for the fact yeah. that, that, again, it bothers me that that the two of them basically stand out here. Among all of these documentary couples – you know, the Harry and Sally are the ones who who don't fit in. Yeah, at least. Well, I mean, I, you know, and I feel like they don't they don't portray each other as you know to to us the audience that the two of them are in love at this point. Right. 
That's true also. Yeah. But again, also seems a little bit off. Right. Because also all the other couples are telling how they met. Harry and Sally, again, we've now had 90 something minutes telling us how they met. Okay. So maybe that's, maybe theoretically they're sitting on the couch telling that story, you know, and then the way that it ends here is by you hear Harry saying, well, the first time we met, we hated each other. And then Sally interrupts him and says, no, you didn't hate me. I hated you. Because that's obviously, you know, he wanted he wanted to sleep with her at that point when they were on their way to, uh, from Chicago to New York. And then and then she says, the second time we met, you didn't even remember me. And then Harry responds, I did, too. I remembered you. That was when they were in the airport where they, you know, as soon as they saw you, well, she recognized him right away. And he recognized her, but couldn't place who she was. You know, that was it. And then he says, the third time we met, we became friends. And then Sally says, we were friends for a long time. And then we weren't. <laughs> and then we fell in love. And then Sally goes, three months later, we got married. And Harry goes, it only took three months. And then Sally corrects him and says, 12 years and three months. We had a really wonderful wedding. It was a really, it really was a beautiful wedding. We had this enormous coconut cake, a huge coconut cake with the tears. And I love how she's like using her hands to describe the whole thing. She says this with the tears and there was this very rich chocolate sauce on the side. And then Harry interrupts and says, right, because not everyone likes it on the cake because it makes it very. And that's where this, this minute will end. But again, I, I, you know, I like that they're telling us this, but it just doesn't fit in with all the other documentary couples the way they're telling the story. So, I don't know. It's 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 a good bookend for for the movie. It really is. But they they I'm I'm somewhat disappointed that they didn't make it fit in better. You know, that you would look at it and yeah. say, "Okay, you know, I I can understand how this can uh, can work and stuff like that." Yeah, I mean, it's a very quick summation of the movie uh between the two of them. Right. And you know, but but it's but it is nice. It is it is the back and forth that you know really typifies their, you know, really speaks to their relationship. That that you know, generally Harry will say something that's kind of not really all that accurate, and and she gets in there and <laughs> gets it gets it precise. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. I mean, it's it's interesting the way that they you know that they do have a good dynamic here because they're they're interrupting and correcting each other, but they're doing it in a nice way. You know, I think that's what it comes down to. So, you know, she mentions that they have a coconut cake. All right. So Eric, what do you know about coconuts? Um, well, I mean, actually in relation to cake, I mean, that's, that's, uh, my favorite cake is German chocolate, Ooh. Uh, which, which in the, in the topping icing is, is some, uh, coconut is mixed in with whatever else that is caramel ish. Um, but, um, so otherwise, other than that, uh, coconuts, I don't feel like I have too much experience. I feel like I've tried, I've kind of opened one or two up once or twice in my life, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, otherwise, yeah, I, I definitely uh, look forward to hearing, hearing your take on coconuts. <laughs> well, up until, up until, up until doing this research, the, the, the most yeah. I knew about coconuts was Gilgan's Island and Castaway. Yeah, you know, sure. Didn't know very yeah. much about that beyond, beyond that. Okay. So. 
the coconut tree is a member of the palm tree family and it is part of the species known as cocos c-o-c-o-s the term coconut can refer to just the the whole tree or it could refer to the seed or even the fruit the name originally comes from the uh, portuguese word coco which means head or skull which i, I wonder if the disney movie coco is any relation to, to that because the idea of you know the dead and a skull or something like that I'll, I'll actually, my, my fiance and I probably will be watching it later tonight. <laughs> We've been, I, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, so. okay. So I won't give it away. I won't give it away. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so the coconut tree is able to prov- pr- provide food, fuel, cosmetics, uh, f- m- uh, different types of, of medicines, uh, building materials, things like that. And there are certain societies that have cultural and religious significance from uh to them uh there are different ceremonies and different uh religious or cultures cultures living in the south uh, pacific that that use coconuts in those uh, rituals um and uh as i mentioned it's it's been popularized on on movies and tv by uh kilgan's island and movies like castaway you know where people get stuck on on uh, desert islands stuff like that um, there are two different colors that you can see of coconuts. Some of them are, are brown and some of them are greenish, uh, depending on, uh, you know, where, where, where they are, where, where they're, uh, um, you know, where they grow. Uh, coconut oil is used a lot in the food industry. Uh, but it also, coconut is, is a, is something that can be a food allergy. Uh, could also be anaphylactic. Therefore, you know, there are people who can theoretically die from, from eating parts of coconuts, you know, that they can, they'll, uh, you know, their, their windpipe will, will swell up or anything like that, something like that. So in the U S the FDA actually has declared the coconut that whenever you have coconut in anything, when it's an ingredient in a, a the label, the package has the label that it's saying of tree nut with potential, uh, 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 allergies. So that, that I found that to be very interesting. But the most most interesting thing I found about the uh, coconuts is the idea that there are lots of people who've been killed by folk by coconuts. <laughs> so, um, basically, what 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 do coconuts have out for pe- certain people? Or for anyone, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You can there, but there, there. Based on what I just said, there are different ways that people can actually die from a coconut. You can have a coconut falling from a tree and striking you in the head. Yeah. All right. It could strike strike you, strike people in the back, neck, shoulders, head, and it can sometimes be fatal. Obviously. Um. There is actually a, uh, and then there are also people that can die because of the allergies to coconuts, right? And there's there are people who can also get sudden cardiac death as a result of hyperkalemia, which is uh, when if you drink too much coconut water because it has a lot of potassium in it, mm-hmm. and therefore that can uh, 
that can cause trouble. Now, there, there's a urban legend about the number of people that a coconut kills during the or number of people that can die by coconut during a given year. There was a study in 1984 called Injuries Due to Coconut Falling Coconuts. And it, it basically said that there are more people killed by coconuts than sharks. Um, the claim was is that there are 150 people killed every year by by uh, by coconuts. Um, how many people do you think die of of, of uh, shark deaths a year? Oh, I'm a friend of the show. Jay Cluett knows the answer to this. He's a big shark <laughs> fan, you know. So so he's probably screaming at us saying, "What? No." Twenty-seven. Uh, Five. <laughs> wow. That's the average. Again, there are different years where you can get different uh, uh, number of people who've, who've been killed. I wonder if there are any people who've been like hit in the head with a coconut and then fallen into the water and got eaten by a shark. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that would be which, which which one do you assign that? That's which one right. Do you assign that to? Well, that one actually you'd say the shark because the shark is the one who actually kills you. You know, the the coconut might disorient you. <laughs> Um, apparently, th- there is a claim that a falling coconut can strike a person uh, with about 2,000 2, pounds of force. Which that, that that's just amazing. <laughs> um, there are in in 2002 there were places in Queensland, Australia, that they actually re- began to remove coconut trees from beaches because they were afraid that people would get hit in the head with them when they were vacationing there. There was an op-ed written in the Boston Herald about travelers should watch out for coconuts, the killer fruit, um, av- uh, advising people not to pitch their tents under coconut trees. I don't know. This is, this is pretty interesting, the whole thing here. But uh, here it says that you're 30 times more likely to be killed by a falling coconut than by a shark. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I mean, obviously you don't want get, to get hit by either. <laughs> That's for sure. So uh, there's also like a whole list here that I found of of incidents where people were actually killed by falling coconuts. I'm, I'm obviously not going to read them all because there's a lot here, but but uh, there's some some interesting ones here. In January 1943, a U.S. Marine was killed in his sleep when he was struck in the head by a falling coconut while he was in Guadalcanal. You know, during uh, the World War II battle in 1966, a resident of uh, Papua New Guinea was killed while she was eating lunch under a coconut tree when she was struck in the head by, by a falling coconut. Um, what else do we got here? Here, in 1991, someone was, a mourner was killed by a falling coconut while at a funeral in Sri Lanka. That That's pretty interesting that that happened. I mean, it's pretty sad. But, uh, you know, for something like that to happen while you're at a funeral, I don't know. <laughs> Um, and here, the final one that I'll give is in, in 2001, in Malaysia, a 59-year-old man was, was killed when a monkey that they were using to harvest coconuts uh, dropped a coconut on his head. <laughs> so it means you need to be a little bit more weary of coconut, uh, of, of who, who you trust to, to pick the coconuts. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, here's another one about someone who, who, who died by hit, being hit in the head of, by a coconut during an earthquake. That was in uh, the Philippines. So you have anything else you want to say about uh, this minute before we get into the script? Um, I don't I don't think so. Okay. All right. So once again, the script is almost exactly word for word. You know, 
and then we have uh, you know the first time uh, the first time we hated each other, and then she corrects him, and then then she says about that that he didn't remember me, and then he he tries to correct her, and then you know we became friends, and we were friends for a long time, and then we weren't, and then we fell in love, and that that all is the exact same thing there. Um, then it starts with then it has uh, uh, Harry says two months later we got married, but in the 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 movie. They, I think they said it was four months later. Um, and and they don't talk about the tears on the on the cake. It basically says, uh, it was a beautiful wedding. Yeah, we had this incredible coconut cake. And then Sally interrupts and says, with a very rich chocolate sauce on the side. And then Harry says, yeah, you know, because everybody doesn't like sauce right on top of their cake. So it it's a little different. You know, I, I, I like the, the dynamic in the movie itself because, you know, we see the two of them interacting. You know, they, they're even with just their hands and stuff like that. They're they're able to to show a lot of what's going on and stuff like that. It's more active this way, I guess you can say. So I, I, I like the way they do that. Every Tuesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track, a dating courting edition, where my guest will give some sort of story, anecdote, adventure, misadventure, uh, something that's happened to them over the course of their life that is related to either dating or courting. So, Eric, you have a uh, story for us? Yeah, I mean, essentially kind of uh, uh, with me and my fiance, um, and we, we met by starting at work, you know, it's a retail job, um, within a, it's like within a week of each other. Um, we just had this weird happenstance that that, that happened. And, um, you know, it was retail. I just kind of like decided to step away from like a quote-unquote better um, job career kind of thing that I was in. I'm now back in, but, um, uh, and she was just following her daughter from one store to another kind of thing is, is how she got there. Um, but just really weirdly, just at the same time, um, we, you know, and it's just like, essentially we just like slowly became friends over the course of about nine months or so. Um, and she more, more so than I realized that we had some romantic chemistry, you know, um, and she kind of hit me over the head brought me home so to speak we, it's a, definitely a joke between us um and 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 you know and the thing is is that like we kind of kept our relationship uh secret for a while there at this at the store because because she was kind of my supervisor um she had she had become over that period of time but um you know but uh eventually uh, like our district manager found out and i was i was i ended up going to another nearby store that i didn't quite realize we or we didn't realize you know was a possibility that i could go to oh, well. which is why we're keeping the secret we, we we wouldn't have kept it secret if, if we if we said oh yeah we i could i you know one of us could just go to this other store that's close by versus one that's further away oh, well. um but you know it's essentially just um you know this this uh you know this this little uh you know how we met kind of story that i, I thought i'd get, get across here and i'll i'll definitely have a little bit of a continuation of that for the uh, one later in the week. All right. Excellent. Thank you very much. So Eric, you want to tell people how they can find you, where they can find Eric Nash. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll mention the uh, uh, second uh, movies by minute show that I've done, or actually I'm, I'm in the middle of at this time. Um, it's on a little bit of a hiatus, but uh, definitely uh, suggest everyone go check it out. It's almost famous minute um, where we're, where I've covered uh, essentially on my own, but every now and then I, I kind of consider some guests that I had as, as my co-hosts Um I was kind of the one doing all the legwork, but, uh, um, uh, so for the, uh, 2000 movie, almost famous, uh, by Cameron Crowe, kind of his, uh, somewhat autobiographical, uh, uh, movie 
that he did. Um, and that's on the, uh, unlike the other, sh- the, the first show I mentioned uh, yesterday, um, uh, that and my other show, um, uh, the two more recent shows are on the uh, Pantheon podcast network. So you definitely uh, just, you can just go directly there to uh, check them out or, or just find them on in your various uh, podcatch. All right. Podcatchers that you might, might be. Cool. Thank you very much for right that. Now. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. You can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on Facebook. So, until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. Gave me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you. (laughs) 